Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Recovery Talk. So this episode is recorded uh, when I have COVID. It will be published when I'm recovered. I mean, hopefully. So that's why my voice is a little bit off. I spoke more about this in the episode titled Why do I still have extreme hunger? Which I recorded earlier today. (laughs) I tend to do bulk recordings in my podcast when I have some time and energy and I feel like I have something to say. Um, So yeah, that's essentially how I do it. I don't necessarily sit down every Monday and then record an episode for the Tuesday. I kind of just record them all and then I plan them ahead. And yeah. Anyways, guys, today we are going to talk about veganism. So I've kind of been dreading this topic a little bit. And there's a few reasons for that. And the first one is um, when I have been talking about veganism in the past, I have gotten quite a lot of backlash. And at times that's been, you know, I'm used to online backlash at this point, but it's been sometimes a little bit more extreme. And, you know, that's not something that I like to seek out. I'm not a very confrontational person who wants to seek out conflict and drama. So sometimes I'm just kind of like, let's just not talk about it. And also, and this also ties in with the first thing I said, it is a very personal thing. And people will feel, you know, a bit uncomfortable, especially if you are someone who's vegan and someone whose veganism may have some disordered roots. You're gonna feel quite defensive. And I want to remind you again before starting this episode that I'm not here to catch you. I'm not here to be like, ah, gotcha. Because that's just arrogance. That's just silly. That's not how I operate. And also you are allowed to disagree with me. You may listen through this episode as a vegan or even as a non-vegan who's listening to this episode and you'll be like, I actually think Amali's wrong on this one. And that's okay. Because a lot of the things that I mentioned are more, you know, scientific, you know, you can't really disagree with water retention, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's a thing, you can measure it, you can, you know, but when it comes to veganism now, I'm moving a bit more in the realms of things that we can discuss, almost like a bit of more philosophical discussion in a way. But I will, of course, also use, you know, what the literature says about these things and also what I've experienced working with clients. So it's not just like I'm sitting here just mumbling a lot of nonsense that I thought myself. I am also coming with this from, you know, this is a topic that is not unfamiliar to people working with eating disorders. The topics of veganism and also vegetarianism, which part of this will apply to vegetarianism as well. Some of it won't. You know, vegetarianism is less... Uh, restrictive than veganism and it's more common maybe I will do an episode on vegetarianism itself Um, also fun fact I was vegetarian when I was young before my eating disorder and I started eating meat with my eating disorder but anyways this episode focused more specifically on veganism because it is more restrictive and because it is more on the rise if you are vegetarian and you feel like some of these things may apply to you as well then keep listening so this episode is essentially for people who have an eating disorder or are in recovery from an eating disorder and they are either vegan or they are tempted to pursue veganism and maybe kind of questioning, is this my eating disorder? Is this a genuine wish to do good? What is this? Should I wait? Should I try it? In general, I tend to avoid, you know, making, (laughs) what can I say, conversation or starting debates with people who have completely not asked for it. People, I'm not going to go up to a vegan and be like, hey, have you reconsidered this? 
you know, absolutely not. But these are podcast listeners who have been asking me make to make an episode about this topic. And also clients who are literally paying me to help them sort them out with their eating disorder. And then these things will come up. Of course, then I'll do my job, which is to investigate. Is there an eating disorder laying here? Considering you clicked on this episode titled Veganism on the Recovery Podcast also implies that you probably want to learn a bit more about it and hear, hear about it from, I guess, like a, a practitioner point of view. But at the end of the day, it is your choice. I say this also with clients. If a client asks me, should I go vegan? I can tend to unpack that with them, unpack their reasons and see what that will look like for them. But I'm not there to say, yeah, I give you permission or no, you don't have permission because (laughs) that's not how it works. It might be how it works if you're like inpatient in hospital and you have someone else being in control over your your meals, you know, maybe that's then it could actually work like that. But that's not how I work. And that's not how this podcast work. So at the end of the day, you are free to do whatever you want. You're free to disagree with me. Um, But it is, I think it also is, you know, when it comes to making a decision like this, I think it could be good to expose yourself to different opinions. If you're just in an echo chamber, if you're just spending time with all the vegans and you only hear from that perspective without any critical perspective from like a recovery perspective, right? That's not really, that's not really good either, right? You want to hear the pros and cons. That was a very long like disclaimer uh, introduction. But again, I'm saying this to because I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want anyone to feel attacked. And also, I don't want to be attacked. Please, if you disagree with me, you're allowed to disagree with me. But I'm a human being and getting threats in my DMs, it is not very nice. And of course, this is only a tiny minority of vegans. Like the vast, vast, vast majority of vegans are just shaking their heads at that like 0.1% that will like be sending me threats and calling me like a cow rapist and God knows what. It's a tiny, tiny majority. So I don't want to say, oh, all vegans are crazy because that's not how it is. Like I, I know so many vegans that are completely sane, kind, respectful, nice people who mind their own business and understand that it's a personal choice that's good for them, but may not be good for everyone. Anyways, guys, so let's get into it. First of all, what is veganism? I mean, you probably know, but to those who don't know, veganism is essentially someone who does not consume any animal products. It's different from vegetarianism because vegetarianism is someone who don't consume meat. And then you also have pescatarian, which is someone who only consumes seafood, but no other meat. And then you have flexitarian, which is someone who is mostly vegetarian, but may consume a little bit of meat now and then. And also within veganism, there are a lot of different vegans. You know, you have people who are, you know, what can I say, just vegan. They eat pretty much what everyone else eats, but they just eat vegan foods. I think this is like the more common one. But then there also are, you know, raw vegans, high carb vegans. Oh my God, guys. Anyone who was online like a few years ago, remember when there was like this like, bizarre online movement of high carb raw veganism and like living off of bananas I swear it was like it was like a short thing like nobody does it anymore maybe someone does it but it was like a complete disaster <laughs> only positive thing was that they were encouraging eating like 2500 3000 plus calories but that was the only reasonable thing that whole movement said because the rest was just the most bizarre conspiracies and ridiculously harmful advice and so many people got sucked into it so many people with eating disorders ended up in that movement and yeah that that was that was a rough time guys that was a rough time so essentially as i said veganism is about taking away certain foods 
that's kind of what it is at its essence, practically. And when someone is in recovery from an eating disorder, what I tend to recommend as a recovery coach is not to focus on taking away, but instead focusing on adding in. Does this mean that veganism is always disordered? No. But we cannot simply pretend like there isn't a huge amount of people who are vegan and have or have had an eating disorder. So let's use some numbers here. And this is going by Google. So I don't know if it's like the most reliable numbers, but these would be approximate numbers. It says in the US, 5% of the population is vegetarian. And it also says that 14% of the population in the whole world is vegan or vegetarian. I run the recovery platform letsrecover.co.uk. Um, so some of you may follow it on Instagram. It's uh, letsrecover.co.uk in one word. And I have a recovery audience. So I would guess like the vast majority of people who follow me are um, people who have an eating disorder, have had an eating disorder, are in recovery from an eating disorder. Uh, also, maybe some people who know someone or support someone with an eating disorder. Anyways, I asked in my stories, this recovery audience, how many of them who have or have had an eating disorder who are or have been vegan or vegetarian. And I think it was something like 90 or 94% of people said yes. I think in the question I may also have asked if someone had like been like wanting to do it or been like planning on doing it as well, just like as a disclaimer. And of course, uh, the numbers I said about who many people are vegan or vegetarian, of course, that would be different because I asked also who has been or who am I planning to be, who's like interested in it. But I still can imagine that if you ask the general population, at least here in the UK, for example, how many of you like are vegan, vegetarian, have plans or thoughts of becoming it or have been in the past, I don't think it would be a 95% or 90% of people saying yes. And this has been long established in the literature, especially around vegetarianism, that there is a huge link between vegetarianism and eating disorders to a point where a lot of practitioners recommend that if a parent noticed that their child suddenly becomes vegetarian, then they should keep an eye out for eating disorders. Does this mean that every vegetarian person has an eating disorder? No. Does it mean that going vegetarian means that you are on the path to an eating disorder? Absolutely not. It means that there is a correlation. And I think we can't just pretend that the correlation isn't there. We can't be defensive over numbers, right? It, it's just anyone who works with eating disorder knows it. Anyone who does research on this area knows it. Any kind of diet that has to do with taking away will naturally be tempting for someone with an eating disorder. So why are people with eating disorders so drawn towards veganism? So there are a few reasons for this. The first one is, as you can imagine, you know, people with eating disorders tend to be drawn towards anything that gives them some kind of rules or focus around food. When you have an eating disorder, essentially what's happening is that your brain gets hyper-focused on food. Food becomes way more exciting. And also food restriction, taking away food, having rules about food, preparing food. These things essentially will, you know, the reward centers in your brain will just whoosh, light up by these behaviors. For example, for me now, as a recovered and fully nourished person, the thought of food prepping for tomorrow 
it's just one of the most boring things I can ever think about. But during my eating disorder, I would have felt so excited by the thought of planning what I was going to eat tomorrow. And even more excited if there were some specific game rules I had to follow. That's very, very exciting for the eating disorder. And it can even be something random like cutting out a specific nutrient. Like, oh, let's do a, you know, a diet to try and not eat gluten for a week. And again, I'm not saying that this is inherently disordered. It could be someone who's literally having celiac disease and is cutting out gluten. But again, what I'm saying is several truths can be true at once exclusion can be very tempting for the eating disorder and it sometimes is not just the eating disorder playing in right but i've never seen anyone take for instance like exclusion diets as seriously as someone with an eating disorder just again observation so yeah i think this is something we just have to kind of be aware of that the eating disorder will gravitate towards anything that gives you some kind of rule around food some kind of exclusion some kind of purpose and mission around food and eating another reason and this is the one that i most often see in like medical no scientific literature about eating disorders and especially around vegetarianism but also veganism and that is the whole thing with you know an excuse not to eat or weight loss and it's often believed by practitioners that someone becomes a vegetarian because they want to lose the weight um i hear this but from observation and from working with this patient group it's not always exactly what i see especially not as it keeps going there is nothing about veganism or vegetarianism that makes someone automatically lose weight yes it is true that if you are vegan especially that gives you a reason for instance not to eat on a restaurant right but now we see more and more that you can go out to eat and order a vegan burger. And also people with eating disorders know very well that chicken breast is a lean, high protein food, right? I even heard them say feeling annoyed because they know that the vegetarian option is higher in calories or carbs or fats or whatsoever than the the meat version of things. So even though this may be a factor for some people, and it might also be a starting factor, maybe they read, oh, veg vegetarians or vegans are thinner whatsoever. I don't necessarily see it as the driving main factor being thinness. I don't know, guys. What do you guys think? Again, it could be a factor, but... Hmm... I don't know, guys. But I think for some people, they feel like they need to have some kind of rules around foods in order to, I guess, maintain a certain weight. They feel like, oh, if I allow myself to eat all foods, then I will gain a bunch of weight or I will lose control. So I need to have these rules and guidelines to stay safe. And that is a disordered reason, obviously. But there is another reason that I feel like we don't speak enough about. I speak about this reason because it is my area of special interest alongside a lot of other things. And that is moral and moral rigidity. As some of you may know, I am currently doing my master thesis in psychology on moral rigidity and eating disorders. So essentially, what I see in people with eating disorders is that there is often a crippling guilt for taking up any resources at all. So when I hear people with eating disorders saying that they feel extremely guilty eating meat or drinking milk or eating any food that is bad for the environment, I actually believe them. And I've, a lot of practitioners, they kind of just brush off this thing as it's a lie, it's manipulation. But I actually believe it because 
what I see is that eating disorders seem to be related to moral rigidity, which again, I'm doing scientific research on now. So now I'm moving into an area that has not been that much researched and not that many people are aware of, but hopefully there'll be more awareness than that in the future. I'm trying to make my little contribution as well. My theory is that when someone has an eating disorder, essentially what's happening in restrictive eating disorders is that there is a detection of food scarcity, right? There's detection that, okay, there is not a lot of food available. And my theory is that this gets translated in the brain as a general scarcity of resources. So someone may detect, oh, there's not a lot of food. And then it's almost like their brain starts thinking, well, there's not a lot of toothpaste either, right? And then I see a lot of patterns in people eating disorders where suddenly they feel really guilty about, for instance, using up too much toothpaste. And they start squeezing up the toothpaste tube or they become really obsessed with recycling because they're bad people if they don't. And they need to take care of the planet. And oh my God, they need to refill everything. Buying clothes. Oh no, 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 you don't deserve clothes. I actually asked my audience about this in the poll, like, do you feel guilty about, you know, buying nice things for yourself, you know, buying some clothes? And the vast majority of people, I think it was over 90%, said yes. So my theory is that this is literally like a biological response where the the, the brain is detecting that there is a scarcity of resources and that this translates not only to food, like, oh yeah, there's not a lot of food going, food around here, let's, you know, save up, let's go hunt for food, let's go find food, let's get obsessed with food, but also that this translates to other resources. And veganism, how does that enter the picture here? Well, obviously, it plays a lot on these things. It also plays on the moral rigidity of things because, again, you are in this scarcity mindset. And then I see a lot of people with eating disorder. They have this, like, moral rigidity where they are terrified of being bad people, of taking up space, taking up resources. They feel completely worthless. They feel like they don't deserve anything. I also see people with eating disorders being really obsessed about bargains like buying things discounted they go food shopping and obsess about getting as quick getting as cheap as possible be really obsessed about budgeting saving money really like frugality behaviors and a lot of it is that like it seems to be that the brain is just detecting that there's a scarcity of resources but also this guilt if they don't do it right there's guilt if they spend money feeling bad or greedy or out of control if they go outside their budget and veganism here offers like a bit of a framework a bit of a socially acceptable framework of engaging in some of these behaviors it offers that like moral superiority and also offers the rules it offers a community this is also very very important because a lot of times people with eating disorders experience a loss of community and purpose right and veganism offers them that community and purpose maybe you're socially isolated and you find an online community of other vegans that you can talk with maybe on like online forums and stuff and this may seem like a good thing but i would i would kind of i would kind of encourage you to be a bit careful here because When you're filling up your life with another focus that have to do with food, then you're missing out on other things. I know recovery can leave you feeling a bit empty, but actually the best thing to do is to give it time and gradually fill it up instead of just jumping into something new to give that instant fill up. And I say this because what happens is very, very often, and I say this as a recovery coach, I will get people, I'll get clients that are vegan, that have been in these communities, and they come to me and they realize that it was the eating disorder all along. They realize that they have spent so much time and energy of their life 
focusing on these things and that it actually was the eating disorder seeking out that community, that comfort, that predictability, that rigidity. And then because they've been in that community for so long, sometimes even years, it is such a terrifying process to break out of it. It's like, who am I if I'm not the vegan? Because instead of recreating their identity after an eating disorder, they just jumped into another one that was pre-made and a bit easier. We love quick fixes. We love easy solutions. We love instant gratification. But that's not really sustainable. And that's why a lot of these people come to me after some time, realizing that they still feel kind of empty. They don't feel fulfilled. This is not really them. It's not them spending like two hours online looking for the perfect uh, vegan... uh, egg replacement or whatsoever and this is also a difference i see between vegans who have or have had an eating disorder or struggle with disordered eating versus those who don't those who don't just overall strike you as a lot more free and casual about the whole thing it's not really like the meaning of their their day and it's not really something that you know gives them anxiety or the thought of not being vegan it's just more like something they do right and they may even be a little bit annoyed sometimes like oh i really miss this food damn i wish i could eat that food whilst for disordered vegans they're like relieved that they don't have to eat that food right but of course there is a blurry line because it's not always so clear-cut like eating disorder no eating disorder you know it's not it's a bit more of a spectrum right but overall would i recommend people with an eating disorder or in recovery from an eating disorder to go vegan no I said it. Yeah, I said it. Why? The reason why is because it simply is associated with too much risk. You are excluding foods in a period where you should include. You are creating an identity that has a lot to do with food in a time where you should focus on recreating yourself outside of that. You are reinforcing ideas that certain foods are good or bad, allowed or forbidden. You are reinforcing moral rigidity. Essentially, you are telling yourself that certain foods are bad to eat and that you're a bad person if you eat certain things. In a period where you are already having a lot of guilt for eating, taking up resources, being imperfect, having bad thoughts whatsoever, Ironically, I think in recovery, people should focus on not being perfect people. They should focus on not being, you know, the most moral person. They should just take up the resources, do the things, you know. Overall, I can't really see any good reasons why someone should go vegan in recovery. And some might say, oh yeah, but it makes recovery easier, it's safer, blah, blah. Yeah, but that is really doing yourself a disservice by making recovery easier for yourself because you're still allowing rules that's kind of like recovering from alcoholism and still allowing yourself to drink a little bit like it's not really gonna work so if you feel like veganism is something you're drawn towards because it gives you that safety that safety is not safe it's actually very dangerous but then what about when someone is fully recovered so here's very often what i see when someone is fully recovered and now i mean fully recovered very very often the urge to go vegan disappears. Interesting, right? It's not necessarily that they suddenly disagree with the ethics of veganism. It's more just that they kind of realize that they are not ethically perfect people and they just cannot be bothered to focus so much on that. Just like how someone may not be hyper-focusing on whether or not every clothing they wear is ethical. It's a good thing to do, right? I, I always try to shop secondhand and stuff, but it's not like the meaning of my life, right? And I see this with recovery. With full recovery, there seems to be this thing of accepting oneself as a 
perfectly <laughs> perfectly imperfect person who tries to do their best but also sometimes make unethical choices and this is not to say that i think eating meat is absolutely something that is always unethical i don't really think that i'm not going to go into like the thoughts and ethics of meat and veganism and these things because i feel like that's kind of not relevant and also i don't really feel like that's something that's productive to discuss in this podcast episode but i do sometimes have to say i find the the way vegans approach certain things a little bit a little bit um unhelpful but again it doesn't really matter if eating meat or drinking milk is ethical versus unethical good versus bad for the planet that's not the discussion the discussion right now is you your mental health your physical health and what is best for you right now are you in a phase of your life where focusing on you know whether or not what you're eating and drinking whatsoever is is ethical is that productive for you right now if you never had an eating disorder don't have an eating disorder then maybe these questions and this focus won't be as harmful to you you might just do that and be like yeah but if you're someone struggling with an eating disorder and especially if you have those like moral rigidity tendencies then it also is okay to kind of not focus on that i know this is so controversial i know so many people are going to be mad at me for this but i'll just say it because i work with people who are literally they're depriving themselves of everything and they still feel guilty if they bought like a a pack of carrots that wasn't organic right and you're not saving the world you're not saving the world you're just depriving yourself and suffering so when it comes to veganism i if you're someone with in with uh, with an eating disorder in recovery and you're really drawn to veganism right now i would encourage you to wait it out a bit why is there a rush on making that decision right now why would you make that decision when you know that you're Uh, perspective might be skewed and i would argue that urgency that sense of urgency that you need to decide right now that is in itself disordered if you feel like such a major decision is not something you can wait with that's a red flag so wait it out see when you are feeling fully recovered and then maybe then you maybe then you still realize oh yeah i actually really want to be vegan maybe you wanted to be vegan your whole life and then your eating disorder kind of ruined it you know maybe you'll find that out in the future is it true that a lot of people just kind of <laughs> decide that they can't be bothered? Yeah, it is. It is. And if that scares you, that's also a little bit alarming. If you're thinking, well, I need to go vegan now that I'm disordered because when I'm recovered, I won't be bothered. Can you hear like, that is you kind of suppressing your real self, right? I always recommend recovery being a period of adding, not taking away. And a period of rediscovering of unlearning of finding yourself oh no not finding yourself creating yourself without the focus on food body exercise this is not just with veganism i also say the same thing when it comes to things such as you know entering the fitness community or whatsoever i'm saying be careful so you don't move from one obsession with food body and slash or exercise to another that's just more socially acceptable because living outside of alignment with yourself, being someone who's not really you, gives you this very specific void inside. Like it's this specific pain of not being in alignment. I could have crafted this identity of me being this uh, uh, vegan person who's obsessed with fitness whatsoever. I could have crafted this identity and it's sometimes also 
an identity that gets praised from society, right? But I know that if I did that, I would be severely depressed because I wouldn't be in alignment with myself because that's not really who I am as a person. Another thing I see with veganism, also vegetarianism, is that there is this like very strict obsession with the rules, right? Like people aren't open to just, for instance, saying, oh, I'm not vegan, but I love to eat a lot of plant-based foods. It has to be, I am vegan and don't eat plant-based food. It has to be a rule, right? You can't just have like, oh, I eat a bit more plant-based foods, a bit less meat, meat, eat more organic meat that's more ethically sourced. Like It's like, that is not really tolerable for the eating disorder. The eating disorder wants you to follow specific rules. Me, for example, I love plant-based foods. I have always been the person who loves eating like, a big bowl of pasta rather than a big steak. I, I eat meat, 100% I eat meat, but I always have gravitated more towards things such as, you know, pasta, bread, rice, beans, these things than meat. But I'm not gonna call myself a vegan or exclude meat altogether. I still want the openness that I can eat meat when I want to. A lot of days I don't really want to eat meat because it's not my preferred food. Other days I really crave it and I have it with no shame. So why is it so important for you to have that identity, to have that rule? Why can't you just, if you, for instance, don't really enjoy meat that much, or you feel like it goes against your ethics, why can't you just have less of it? Why do you need to have a rule around it? This is not me encouraging that, oh yeah, you should eat less meat in recovery. No, no, no. I would say that if you have someone who has rules and shame around meat, that should probably be a food that you eat quite a lot of. Because in recovery, you should eat and pursue discomfort, right? You should eat the foods that make you feel uncomfortable and guilty and whatsoever. Whatever feelings that food bring up on you, you should chase the uncomfortable feelings, right? But it's just more an interesting observation. Like, why is it that you need the rules? Why is it that you need the name, the label, the community, right? And is this helpful for you, for the healthy part of you? Is your eating the sort of finding some relief and comfort in this? So I know some of you will listen to this podcast who are vegan or vegetarian as well, maybe, and you'll be like, oh crap, I think this is me. Or some of you may just be like, screw Amalia, how dare she? And, you know, fair enough, You again, it's a lot, you're allowed to be upset with me, you're allowed to disagree with me, but again, please be civil about it, okay? And remember, I'm coming from this with a recovery perspective, but regardless, what I invite you to do, if this episode brings up uncomfortable feelings within you, or you feel defensive, you feel angry, you feel you feel any of these feelings, sit with those feelings and kind of investigate them, because, you know, if it's hysterical, it's often historical, so if you this brings up strong feelings in you, be curious about those feelings. And if you're someone who went vegan and you realized this was a disordered choice, it's never too late to, to you know to change. You're not you don't you know this, this is the thing in life. Only thing inevitable in life is change, right? We all know that change is that's the only thing we can actually predict, change, right? So there's no shame in, you know, stop being vegan reintroducing animal foods absolutely not or some of you may listen to this podcast and be vegan and be like interesting perspective the shoe doesn't really fit so yeah whatever but interesting to hear that that's how it is for some other people that's fine as well but overall i hope you appreciate my perspective because i know this has been requested and again please be nice with me I don't like when people are mean to me. I'm a Pisces, okay? I'm a Pisces, sun, cancer, moon, and rising. I don't like people being mean to me. 
it's perfectly healthy and normal to sometimes disagree with people. And I know this is a sensitive, controversial topic. So yeah, but I still hope you enjoyed hearing my perspective. Anyways, guys, now let's address this week's listener question. So this week's question is about fatigue in recovery. So I'm kind of uh, counter-phrasing and translating, uh, but essentially the person is asking, is it normal to experience being really, really tired in recovery? And they said that they thought that when you're increasing your intake, shouldn't you just feel more energetic? So to answer, yes, this is so, so normal. I tend to just call this recovery fatigue. It literally feels like you've been hit by a train sometimes. You would thought that, okay, now I'm eating more. I should just have more energy. But that's not really the case. Because essentially what's happening with a lot of people with eating disorder is that the act of restriction gives them energy, but a false sense of energy. It essentially would be stress hormones running rampant, right? And they'll have this false sense of hyperactivity, this, you know, what uh, Dr. Gussinger calls these urges to migrate. If you checked out the, the study Adapted to Flee Famine by Dr. Sean Gussinger, you would have read a bit more about that. I think it is a wonderful perspective. But essentially what's happening when you're in recovery, you're giving yourself more food and hopefully also more rest. You're essentially telling to your body, hey, we're safe now. You can rest now. You can rest and digest and repair. And then your body, why would your body waste energy running around? Why would your en- your body waste this precious, precious energy on doing unimportant things? Your body wants to rest and repair and use the energy wisely. So it naturally sends out signals to you that you should rest. And don't underestimate how much repair is going on in your body. So much damage that you can't even see is being repaired. And that takes a lot of energy, takes time, and it takes rest. So instead of blaming this fatigue on recovery, because sometimes people are like almost mad at recovery from giving them fatigue. It's like, why is this not working? Why do I not feel better? Actually, it is a delayed response to the restriction and the eating disorder. It's not recovery's fault. Instead, be grateful that your body is giving you clear signals to rest because that's what you need right now. You need to rest. You're not being, you know, lazy or anything like that. You're not, this I hear a lot of people like, oh, I feel so lazy. Why can't I exercise like before? Your body is healing. It is healing. It is begging you to rest. You will not feel like this forever. It is a temporary phase. This is how recovery feels like, but it's not how being recovered feels like. Being recovered means that you will have a more stable level of energy. You won't have those like random, you know, eating disorder gives you these random like kicks of energy, this random like highs. That's not healthy. That is not how being recovered should be like, right? but you will have a more consistent, predictable energy. You will not feel completely knocked out for the rest of your life. This is a temporary thing that's going on in recovery and it's completely normal. So keep going, keep eating and keep resting. It will pass. Trust the process and quit the judgment against yourself. I hope this helps and I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I look forward to seeing you guys next week.